Hey guys, welcome back to the Impactable Podcast, where we're covering all things LinkedIn ads. And uh, for those of you who have been following along, listening to the beginning episodes, I do actually apologize for the dry and boring nature of some of these initial um, episodes. I really just want to lay a solid foundation of understanding for us to build on. So eventually, I do promise we're going to get into some more exciting strategies, case studies. I'll take you behind the scenes of actual client um, accounts and even into our own ad spend. So we've we've had a healthy ad spend with LinkedIn ads, um, which makes sense because we're a LinkedIn marketing agency and uh, wouldn't quite feel right if we weren't practicing what we preach. Um, and I do have to say that our ad account absolutely kills it. And I don't just say that because I have to say it or because it's like a marketing pitch, like having the complete creative freedom to do whatever you want and experiment um, has its advantages. Plus, uh, I'll be honest, we're not selling some huge enterprise, you know, $100,000 solution. Like we're very reasonably priced and I get to market to marketers for the most part, which is really fun. So in this episode, we are covering, uh, as you might have guessed by the title, LinkedIn ad objectives. So um, we are actually inside of creating a LinkedIn campaign. So uh, we're creating a campaign. Uh, we're talking about when you when you initially go to create a campaign, one of the very first things it asks you is what obje- um, what objective are you going to choose? So at the top, there's, it has three sections. It has awareness and it has brand awareness underneath as uh, an objective. And then it has consideration and it has website visit engagement, uh, video views under that. Um, and then it has conversions and it has lead generation, uh, website conversions and job applications under conversions. So I'm just going to take a second, uh, probably like two minutes, actually, if you want to get technical about it. Um, to talk about the you know that concept of the funnel, the awareness, consideration, and conversion. So surprisingly enough, you know we've we've worked with a lot of uh, founders, owners, entrepreneurs, and the idea of how marketing and sales funnels work is not always clear to everyone. You know, some people have a really great idea for an app, but they're not necessarily you know sales or marketers, which is obviously why they might hire us. Um, but it is important to understand the idea or the basic concept of the funnel so that you have clear expectations of how things should work, the timeline in which they should work, and so on. So let me just start with this. When, when you're carving out a cold um, channel, such as LinkedIn ads, usually, um, it's not just an amazing ad that converts. Um, the funnel is usually a three-step funnel. And at the top of the funnel, so when you hear people talking about top of the funnel, it means just getting awareness, getting on their radar, not just anyone's radar, but getting on the radar of your ideal prospects. So that's filling the top of the funnel. That's having people that are clicking into your website, filling, you know, getting the ebook, downloading your 10 ways to save whatever checklist, that's all top of the funnel. They're not ready to buy, but they meet a certain targeting criteria and they've expressed some level of interest. How do you get to that? It's it's the awareness phase. You're putting something you know in front of a cold audience. And then once they've expressed some level of interest, they're still not ready to buy. They might be in research phase. They might be 
Googling your competitors. Um, so a, a common a common way that the funnel works is you put a cold ad that sells them on a pain point that they have and offering you know a solution that your company provides. Now you actually hit the nail on the head. You've made them realize that they now have a problem that needs solving, but they don't just click on your ad and book a call with you. No, <laughs> that would be too easy. What they actually do instead is they go to Google and they type in the solution. You know, for us, if it was uh, LinkedIn paid ads, they would see my beautiful ad for LinkedIn paid ads, but they wouldn't click it and book a call with us yet. They would go to Google and they type in LinkedIn paid ads agency. And guess what? You know, they're going to see the top five or 10 uh, people who are paying for Google ads or who show up organically, and they're going to start researching. Um, so that would be you know a big miss if you're not at least showing up in those key core searches on Google, but also just shows you, you know, the process that a prospect goes through. They start shopping around to competitors, and then it might be 60, 90 days down the road before they're making a decision, maybe six months down the road. So you not only want to create, you know, the cold ad campaign, you then want to nurture them. You know, if they visit your website, you want to retarget them, you want to stay in front of them for 90, 180 days, however long, you know, your sales cycle might be or longer. And you want to build trust, credibility, let them get to know you, your different solutions, your client success stories um, until in their mind, when they are ready to buy, it's clear that you're either the option or at least one of the top options that they will consider. So that's the consideration phase. And then conversion is you know, what everyone really cares about, but that comes after the first two. First, you have to get on the radar. Then you have to build up the trust and confidence that they have in your company. And then you have to you know, seize on the moment when you're seeing these buyer intent signals having the stronger calls to action and actually push them to book a call um, and and then you know convert into a new paying client. So that's how the funnel works. It's not just unfortunately convert, convert, convert. It's awareness, consideration, conversion. Um, and depending on your sales cycle it might be shorter, they might be able to rush through that um, or it might be long. The consideration nurturing phase might be 12 months um, before they're you know buying an enterprise solution. All right, so that's that's the basic idea of the funnel. That's also why this is a long-term play. Uh, but we in this one, we're going to cover those different objectives. So start with um, brand awareness. So just like I just I described um, at the top here, um, this one is just getting on their radar. The awareness objective here simply seeks exposure. So it's not even necessarily always looking for clicks. Um, if we just are showing up on their feed, they're getting expo- exposed to your name, your your brand, your logo, and maybe you know the the main headlines of what it is you offer. Um, that's that's all you really care to do in in the initial phase. But during this phase, you're going to track you know levels of interest, uh, website clicks, um, company page visits, video views, things like that, so you can gauge uh, how interested they are. But there's there's not a whole lot of hope of a ton of conversion shaking out of here. The next one, so um, that's under the awareness and uh, the awareness phase of the funnel, and brand awareness is the objective under there. So the next one under the middle of the funnel, consideration it has the three again. Remember, it's website visit, engagement, and video view. So the first one is website visits uh, here in the middle of the funnel. Now, website visit is under the consideration phase. 
And during this phase, you're usually looking to um, build trust, credibility, um, education, more information about your solution, your company, your brand. Again, you're not necessarily looking to convert here, or it's not the main objective. But if, I mean, if you do well enough, you hit the right prospect at the right time and you build just enough um, trust and credibility through this layer, yeah, they very, they very well may, I'm getting my, uh, my tongue tangled here. They very well may accelerate through the rest of the funnel, book a call and convert. But for the most part, we're just nurturing here kind of digitally. Um, and uh, the other things we're doing here is, you know, you have to keep in mind is a lot of times when they are clicking into your website. So the idea of uh, the website visit is you show them the ad, it shows up in their main feed, they click into it and they land on your website. Um, so yeah, there's a chance that they love what they see. Your website is so beautifully built with so much trust and credibility packed into it that they just feel so comfortable and the sense of urgency to book a call right then and there on their very first visit to your website. I will tell you that's probably a 2% chance of happening. Um, so it's probably not going to happen, but it's a very important piece of the puzzle because it's their first look at you as a brand. They're visiting your website. They're getting to know more about you. Um, so it's good, but you know, got to be patient. Um, so that's the website visit. And again, we can track those interactions, retarget them and shake out the conversions from there. And I think it's also, um, I think I saw this stat that it takes at least eight interactions. Um, they have to see at least seven or eight of your uh, company's ads before they are comfortable enough to convert. Um, so again, at this stage of the game, you're not expecting a ton, but you're building, you're, you're investing in the scenario that will eventually lead to, you know, book calls, conversions. Um, and your website still has some heavy lifting to do here. If, if the, the ad peak hits the right person, peaks their curiosity, clicks into the website. I mean, you could have a really crappy website that they don't get. I mean, it's just going to be really low conversion rates um, and it's not going to be the ad's fault. So that's, you know, that's another thing to keep in mind that there's a lot of, there's a lot of variables in the equation of marketing, which is why it's so complex. Um, if it was easy, everyone would do it and everyone would do it well and make a lot of money, but that's not the case. Uh, the next one is engagement. We're still in the middle of the funnel. So this one's interesting. The engagement um, is seeking to is seeking to get LinkedIn engagement. This one involves likes, comments, shares, company page follows. So what? Why would this um, objective be good for LinkedIn ads? One of the key ways um, that we would use it is to kind of marry an approach with organic. Way too often, you have the LinkedIn paid ad side, and then you have someone else running the organic posting for the company page. So you do have someone who's posting content, um, maybe trying to build the community, engage the community, and then completely separate, uh, you have a paid ad strategy looking to you know dominate the world and, and drive revenue. Um, I would say that these two approaches need to be blended better and that you could actually use, you know, when people are looking at the company page, um, those posts that go on the feed could actually be sponsored. You could actually put money behind uh, posts that are on the company page. And the reason that would be good is, you know, especially like if you have a post that celebrates a big win, we we're opening, you know, our third location, we signed a big deal with whatever we want public and rang the bell 
um, you know, down at NASDAQ, we, whatever, like a press release, you're really proud of it. You posted your company page. I would say you should put money behind that and make sure that your website visitors are exposed to that post because it'll do two things. It'll help build trust and credibility, which your paid ad side is supposed to be doing anyway. It will encourage engagement. People will like, share, comment, congratulations. And those interactions will stay and live and be visible on your company page. So then if you had a a really great post, had tons of engagement, you're really proud of it, a big company win, you could pin that to the top of your company page. And people who visit your company page are then exposed to that post first. So you can actually curate, you know, what which content piece they see um, and really build your trust and credibility. Because it's almost like third party, um, what is it? Third party validation. You know, it's not necessarily you beating them over the head with this ad that says we're number one. It's sharing a press release of someone else who's saying you're doing a good job, but you're doing it in a way and you're putting money behind it in order to make sure that the right people see it. Uh, it's, it's a really clever way and actually really works uh, very well. Um, so my pro tip also, this can be used to do a a follower campaign. You can, there's a simple LinkedIn ad that you can put out there that just shows up on the right side. And it's basically like follow X company for, you know, whatever industry news. And you're like, well, why would I pay to, you know, just have a follower ad and, you know, or isn't that a vanity metric? Well, yes and no. It's not just to have followers. Um, organic marketing, and we're not going to get into this, uh, in this episode, this is probably intermediate at least, but paid ads is basically the same equation over and over X amount of dollars gets you Y amount of results, uh, every month. And yes, you can optimize, you can gain momentum so that calculation gets a little better every month, or at least hold steady, or you look for small improvements, but organic side of it is much more profitable long-term because for the same amount of time and effort and money, you could actually amplify the results every month. You know, if you had a follower ad and you were increasing your company page following by 50 every month, you know, that's 50 extra people next month that you can market to for the same price that you paid last month, but that keeps growing, you know, over 10 months, you have 500 new people in your company page following that you could cut the spend and just market to them organically you know, for free, basically. Whereas, you know, for paid ads, the same amount of spend gets you exposed to the same amount of people every month. It's not that compounding interest kind of equation. So anyway, there's, there's a, there's a lot of advanced things you could do. You'd probably need more budget to really get in, to want to get into this. I would say if you're not spending more than $5,000 a month on, uh, LinkedIn ads, I probably wouldn't worry too much about the blended organic approach. Uh, so since this is basics 101, we'll be moving on. Uh, the next one is video views. So this is, again, still under consideration. And this is uh, video views. So as the name suggests, um, you're actually just looking for people to view a video. So um, the idea is that you don't really care that they're clicking through the video or clicking through the video and converting, that would be on the conversion side. Uh, This is just, I want, it's almost like brand awareness. I want them to be exposed to the contents of this video. 
and I'm selecting my target. So it's a very select target that I want to be exposed to the contents of this video. And the cool thing about LinkedIn video ads is that you can actually track who watches how much of your video. So I think the categories are 25%, 50%, 75%, and 97%. So unlike all the other, one of the reasons I really like video ads, um, and they have a lot of good use cases. Uh, and again, this is probably intermediate, like unless you just have a crap ton of videos um, or that's like really integral to what you do, I'd say it's more of an intermediate strategy. Um, but you can, most of the other, most of their ads, it's either yes or no. It, they clicked it, they didn't click it. Um, with video, you can gauge how engaged they were with it or how, you know, interested they were. If it's 25%, you know, they, they hesitated a little, they watched a little, they moved on. If it's 97% or they watched the complete video, that tells you a lot of information. Like they were pretty curious. And then you could make a retargeting group that says people that watch 97% of this video, I want to retarget them with a lead gen form or, you know, an ad with a stronger call to action or a second video that goes deeper um, and is longer and, you know, tries to pull them in even more. So that's the video views. Um, it's a pretty good one. There's a lot you can do with that. There's some advanced checkpoint strategies, uh, but we will get into that some other day. Um, the next one, and now we're moving into the um, conversion side of the funnel, yay, everyone's favorite. Uh, the conversion side of the funnel. The first one is lead generation. So this is like everyone's favorite um, one to go with, but I actually stay away from it a lot. And again, I will give you the basic rundown of lead gen um, ads and forms, because this, this is the classic LinkedIn lead generation form. You see, you put an ad on someone's uh, homepage, it has like a call to action of learn more or download or whatever and uh, subscribe and they click it. And instead of them clicking through the ad into like a landing page or a website, it actually pops up a form. So it keeps them inside of LinkedIn and pops up a form um, with their information already auto-populated. Like it makes it as easy as possible to capture their information. And usually it would be like first name, last name, email and company name. You can get fancy. You can add more stuff. You can get their LinkedIn URL, their phone number, their business phone number or business email address. Um, that makes it some of the stuff, if it if it creates something that's not auto-populated that they actually have to go in and fill out, it can make it um, so that you get less leads. But that's not always a bad thing. You could get less leads that are higher quality. So that's actually good. Um, but this is the lead gen form. And then you can create like automations on the back end so that if someone submitted a lead gen form that they would automatically get like an email. Um, and most people with the lead gen forms, it's like ebook that they run it with. So download this ebook that goes over the 10 ways to save energy with whatever, you know, your commercial real estate, uh, blah, blah, blah. And so they click download. Um, it comes up with a thank you message and they automatically get an email to their inbox delivering them the um, the PDF for the ebook and then queuing them into, you know, a 12 step email nurturing sequence. Um, and since, you know, LinkedIn already has all the information, it auto populates, they just have to submit. It's really easy. Uh, this is the quickest way to generate leads from LinkedIn ads. This is why most marketing agencies love using them, uh, because they can show leads sooner. So I'll, I'll quickly, 
And like, this could be, this will be not could be, this will be it's whole entire episode um, at a later date. But for right now, I'll give you my very quick advice here. So my issue with lead generation ads is that they produce low quality leads. Um, because the barrier to entry is so small, a pop-up form inside of LinkedIn, their information auto-populates with another click of the button, could be accidental. Their email is sent uh, to you and you collected a lead and you think you have someone really interested in your product and you're going to reach out and you're going to talk to them and then you're going to sell them. But nine times out of 10, when they submit the lead gen form, and then you go to follow up with an email, you never hear from them again. You never actually get them on the phone. Um, you know, maybe they just like to read, maybe they accidentally clicked, maybe they just wanted the, the ebook, but they're not ready to talk to an actual human. Um, and that's how I am. I mean, just because I was, you piqued my interest and there was something I wanted to read doesn't mean I want to jump on the phone with your sales rep or get hit with like, you know, a dozen emails. Uh, so they produce low quality leads that are not ready to convert yet. This can cause tension or frustration inside of your team if you are passing these LinkedIn lead gen form submissions as leads to your sales team and requiring them to follow up and classifying them as leads um, because they're going to get frustrated with the poor quality, the amount of time they're spending trying to convert these leads that you know don't have an interest in talking to anyone. Um, and when they do get on the phone, half the time, these people don't necessarily know who you are or, or what you're doing because a lot of times when they're using these lead gen forms as cold, they haven't even been to your website yet. They didn't even like, they ha- they didn't go to your website yet. They don't know who you are, what you sell. You know, you got them with like a, a, a 10 point checklist that piqued their curiosity, but they don't even know who you are. Um, so I would say my advice is don't use LinkedIn lead gen forms cold. I would say run single image ads, send them to your website track those website visitors, and then hit those website visitors with a retargeting ad that has your ebook in a lead gen form. The submissions on that would be much stronger. I would say make them include business email versus personal email. They'll probably have to hand type it in, um, which will mean you'll get fewer leads, but higher quality. And uh, I would say make them include their LinkedIn URL and or phone, uh, maybe not phone number. That's a little intrusive. It can be uh, LinkedIn URL though. Um, make it a little harder uh, barrier to entry. Uh, it'll improve the quality of the leads there as well. Um, so that's my hot tips for lead gen forms. Uh, they're not all they're cracked up to be. Um, so next we have two more. Okay. Sorry. We'll get through this. I promise guys. So that's all the exciting ones. Um, oh, <laughs> Lied. Website conversion. I guess conversions are kind of exciting because that's you know what 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 we do it for is getting people to actually take the actions that we want. So website conversions, yes, it's it's kind of what it it sounds like. You're sending them to your website, so it's a website click, but it's tracking their actions there and optimizing for whatever conversions you have set up. Um, so this is the next one. Everyone's chomping to get into. This is the website conversion um, objective. Um, so a basic example of this would be sending them to your website and the goal is them filling out and submitting a contact us form. So this is like the basic action that most people at least have set up. And, um, and when they hit submit on that contact us form, it's either, you know, they have the Google tags set up on that, or they then hit a thank you page after submitting, which we can track. And then we know, Hey, they saw this ad. They went to the website, then they hit this thank you page, 
we know that that was a conversion. We can attribute that conversion, that form submission to this campaign and this specific ad. Cool. Now we know as ad campaign managers, um, you know what's working, what's not working. And then LinkedIn also knows, hey, these are the type of people, these are the type of signals that tell me that there are the kind of people that are more likely to take those actions. They'll start optimizing your ad spend in your campaign to get more conversions. So whatever you set up and call a conversion, they'll start optimizing for that. And uh, I would say my basic advice on this is be able to track as far down the funnel as you possibly can. So form submissions are good. Um, booked calls are better. Paying clients are the best. So if all you can track is form submissions, it'll optimize for that. That's good. That's bad. Um, the main reason I would say be weary of that is you might have campaign A that books, you know, 20 calls and closes one new deal. Um, and then you have campaign B that only books five calls, but also closes one deal. Um, if you didn't, if you weren't able to track, um, you know, the actual end conversions, um, you would put all your money in campaign A. You'd say, oh, this one produced 20 um, form submissions or, you know, yeah, 20 form submissions, five booked calls uh, and one whatever. But all you saw was the form submission. So you just chase that. But you'd be missing out because campaign B is four times as potent. It got, it closed a deal with a fourth of the form submissions. So if you're getting those form submissions at the same price or even comparable, um, all your money should be going to campaign B. So I would say try to set up conversion tracking as far down the funnel as you possibly can so that we're chasing the right data. Um, but other than that, yeah, that's conversion tracking uh, or conversion objective. And that's what it optimizes for. Uh, and the last one is job applicants. Pretty straightforward. If you're posting a job um, or looking for people that are looking for jobs, LinkedIn has an objective for you and they will optimize your campaign or show it to people that are most likely uh, to be interested in that job opening. They have all sorts of signals around this um, because this was like the classic way that LinkedIn was traditionally used. So people are selecting open for network. People are um, submitting applications to other jobs. People are browsing um, job opportunities and different pages. So LinkedIn has all the information to know who is interested or curious or actively looking for new opportunities and can show your job ads to those people. And I would say that's that's not bad. There's a, there's a lot of back and forth. We can go over that. Um, I don't mind showing my ads to people that aren't necessarily looking uh, because the best the best people in any industry are usually either happily uh, employed or they're just content where they're at and they're not actively looking. Uh, but I wouldn't mind putting my job posting in front of them and trying to get a conversation. They'll also be interviewing at less places. So when I do extend an offer to them, there's less chance that you know I lose out to someone else because they're probably not talking to anyone else because I'm not waiting for someone um, who's submitting an application to me in five other places. I'm going out and snagging people that aren't even looking for jobs uh, and then I'm not competing against anyone. So that is the LinkedIn objectives. Uh, that's all I got for you on this one. Uh, let me see what's next. So the next episode is going to be actual ad type. So these were the objectives at the top uh, where you are creating an ad. 
Um, and then we're going to get into LinkedIn ad types. And then after that, uh, we're going to dive into um, the actual audience uh, and bidding as well. So stay tuned. Thanks, guys.